Good morning and welcome to the very first Rebel Influencer Show and I'm so excited to be joined by one of the most rebellious people that I know but she's also one of the most namaste people that I know. She's like the perfect combination of Rebel and Buddha that you can ever want to be. So a little intro, I am going to read this because I did ask her for two sentences and there's probably five um, and my script learning skills are not as good as they once were. So Amy Polly aka the Mindfulness Rebel is a former strategic lead for mental health and well-being in the fire service. She is a mindfulness teacher, speaker and author. She has created the UK's very first mental health and well-being mastermind for senior leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs. Da, da, da. Here she is, the amazing Amy Polly. Congratulations. We love you. We adore you. And I'm so, so grateful to have you here. And I'm so, so glad that when I put out a post asking for sponsors for the year, and I wanted to work closely with that person, I wanted to bring somebody on as a sponsor for this show that was a little bit rebellious, but that was doing good things in the world, that was making change, that was true to themselves, that led with integrity, but in their rebellion, they were they were doing something good. We're not just about being rebellious without a <laughs> cause, right? <laughs> or sometimes, maybe. Um, but I'm so, so proud of you. I can't wait to see what this year brings. The last year has been wild, and let's just touch on that. But before we get started, have a really random question. I want to know, do you prefer chocolate or sweets? Oh, chocolate all day long. Easy. Oh, thanks. This is why we are friends. This is why, when people say sweets, I'm like, really? <clears throat> oh, my boyfriend <laughs> loves sweets. Like, as in, I have to have sweets in the cupboard. And I, I just don't. No, not at all. Like a child. And my husband's the same. I'm like, hello, what is wrong with you? Sweets, no. back off on them. But no, this is why we're definitely friends. Okay, so let's dig into the last year. Before we start talking about mindfulness, you were just telling me about your year, <laughs> what you've been up to. And it is a little bit wild. And it, and it is, it could be deemed as like, what the fuck are you doing, Amy? Like, have you lost your damn mind? So let's dig into that. Obviously, as comfortable as you are to share certain points. Well, of you know, I mean, like, <laughs> what are boundaries? I'm just like, okay, yeah. You, know, you don't have boundaries, fuck it, let's do it. So I think it helps people, you know. It does. It definitely does. So talk to me about the last year and what that's looked like for you. Uh, where shall I start? Um, all jokes aside, you know, I think sometimes we get ourselves into a situation that we think is what we should be doing. And that can come from expectations of yourself, of society, of family, of people around you. Um, and I think it's sometimes hard to see when you're in a situation that actually I'm not happy I can change it. And it took me a while. And let's bear in mind, we're in a pandemic in house arrest, almost in a situation that maybe you're not happy in. And I just kept going over in my head. I'm a, a very self-aware person because of what I do and what I practice. And I was sitting there, just I just kept saying to myself, I don't feel happy. I'm not happy. And if I'm saying that again and again in my head, like that there's something mm -hmm. wrong. So it took a while because, you know, me and my ex had a child, he was two, and that's what I thought that I wanted. Now, he's an amazing dad. He is supposed to be the father of my child. That's all good. But were we happy? Absolutely not. And that, I think, was the catalyst to changing everything. Um, and I think the pandemic, for a lot of people, 
made people realize what they actually did want and that life's mm-hmm. too short and that's definitely what happened for me so we made the decision to part our ways co-parenting's going okay it's all good um good. but as I did that obviously I'm moving house my child's living in two houses um I'm also struggling with work having having looking after a toddler um a lot of the time on my own during the pandemic I was still working for the fire service I was having my mindfulness for mums courses in the evenings and I just you know slowly reached burnout I did reach burnout and I said to my boss one day I can't carry on um also bearing in mind since having my child I hadn't felt okay I had postnatal anxiety I've never had anxiety in my life about anything and even when I was struggling with that you could have put me on a stage in front of a thousand people to talk about my shit and I would have done it but ask me to go to a soft play on my own with my kid not a chance in hell so all these things were happening. I got signed off work in the end because I just needed to just, I, I, I was just looking at a computer screen and I couldn't do my work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just decided that this is not what I want to do anymore because even the thought of going back was not exciting me. That point, I was head of finance, property and payroll. I wasn't just the strategic lead for mental health and wellbeing. I was also looking after the finance department, <laughs> the property department, because I am an accountant have been for nearly 20 years, not anymore. She's um, the hottest accountant I know, literally. <laughs> She's like, she's like sex on legs when it comes to accounting. Just saying. Just saying. The pinkest accountant you've ever seen. No grey suits here. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, that conversation happened and I made a decision to leave my job and pursue my career, my business um, in mindfulness and mental health. So in the space of that year, I left my relationship. Um, I decided to leave. Uh, the property ladder I sacked off the mortgage I have this lodge now that is mine and Jackson's for now you know 15 years no one can take it away from me Um, I haven't got a mortgage that's what I wanted I'd written that down so many times Um, and so here I am now I've got a new boyfriend and he's amazing Um, and just all these things that you just you think can't possibly happen like how am I not going to have a mortgage how am I going to live on my own how am I going to find love how am I going to run a business well, you fucking do because you just have to follow your heart and your gut and just know that it's your life, your one life. Like, do the thing. Do the thing. It's not always easy. My God, it's not always easy. <laughs> do <Really>? the thing. <laughs> can, so can we just rewind a little bit to your postnatal anxiety? Because um, I didn't know that about you, obviously, um, but I found it wildly fascinating that we don't talk about that at all you hear about postnatal depression um and obviously we now hear about dads having postnatal depression but postnatal anxiety it really got me thinking I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about it but actually I can understand it I never heard it before yeah I never never heard that I never heard that before is it is it what is it like how does that take over how does that show itself um so yeah so let's just put it out there you know people say trigger warnings not trigger warnings and all that sort of stuff but I think it's important I'm going to speak briefly about what it was like to experience that so if people want to just you know not listen to this Uh bit but I couldn't taste my food it was like cardboard I couldn't stop crying I was having heart palpitations when I was walking down the street if he was crying and this is in my village not out in town or anything like that Mm -hmm. um I was crying over the sink when I was making a bottle um I was constantly having my mum at the house because I didn't want to be on my own um 
so many layers to it. And obviously over time it started to get better, but he's three now. Um, and we only went out for lunch on our own a few weeks ago. I posted about it on my Instagram. I think you probably I know saw it. it. Just quite um, touched me in so many ways. <clears throat> and obviously we've been out and about, but my mum would always be there or my mm -hmm. ex would always be there. Um, but actually to go out on my own with him, I honestly felt like an actual weight was lifted from my body. And now I feel like the world is my oyster, but it took time for me to get there. And sometimes you just have to give yourself time. There was no quick fix for that. And I could have mm -hmm. many conversations with my mum. I went and saw a therapist last year. And I just had to give myself time. There was no quick fix for it. It just had to come with practice and just keep mm. trying. Um, you know, the, the birth wasn't the best, but it was just getting through those barriers. And once you overcome one, the next one's easier. Um, but like I say, nobody talks about postnatal anxiety, really. They do more now, but I'd never really heard of it. And when I put that post on my Instagram, I cannot tell you how many messages I got on, in my mm -hmm. inbox when people who had been dealing with the same thing, but not even knew it was a thing. So many. And that, for me, is what creates real change. And I talked, uh, like, just to give you an example, yesterday I talked about debt that I'd been in and how it affected me for the last nine years. And everyone's like, oh, my God, thank you for talking about it. And for me, it's like, well, why wouldn't I talk about it? It's like, you know, in society, we're expected to not talk about our problems. Why right? don't talk mm. about them? Because, you know what will people think and it's like do people not realize that the more we have conversations about these things the easier it becomes for other people and they then realize that they're not mm. alone and having that I'm not alone moment actually can make a massive difference in people's lives which is why we need to have these open and honest conversations even if they're not always easy because it does bring mm. up emotes emotions in us and even thinking back to my eldest is nearly 18 which just freaks me out at the thought um really um when I ha first had him I just turned 18 and I I remember being like what the fuck do I do with this baby like mm. I, I wasn't depressed and I wasn't overly anxious but I was overwhelmed like I was really overwhelmed and Lee had gone to work and he was 17 and we'd got a house by ourselves and I'm just looking at Kian and I'd never been around babies and looking at him like what 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 do I do like what do I do with you and that feels overwhelming now I have almost six children and I kind of, I know like what I'm doing at I'm just like adding them under my armpits, carrying them around, like it's all good. But in that moment, it felt lonely. It felt very vulnerable. I felt very out of my depth. And, you know, like, oh, just, you know, read a parenting book. Hmm. That does not prepare you in any way, shape or form for no. the reality that is parenting. And do you know what, Leona? I think that, so before I had Jackson, um, we had a miscarriage and I said to a couple of my best friends that I've been friends with for a long time obviously I told them about it I am a very open person I, I, I talk mm -hmm. about anything but I, I told them what had happened and that, and one of my best friends that I've known since she was 17 said to me oh yeah that happened before I had her first child I had no idea I had no idea she went through that and I, di I didn't even know only then when I had the experience did we share it and it's like that with so many different things I was um I hosted a pod on the peanut app the other day you know the parenting app and yeah. there was so there was 150 mums on there all saying such similar things with their newborn babies and I just think 
opening up a conversation and knowing that you're not the only person that is sitting there thinking, what the actual fuck? And I think it's because we grow up in a world where it's like, well, you have a baby, everybody does it, it's all right. It's not actually. It's the hardest (laughs) thing I've ever had to do, ever. Right. I mean, really, and it, and there's a degree of it doesn't get that much easier, you know. As you know, having an 18 year old or having an early 18 year old, the the worries are different to when they're tiny. And I don't, I, I mean, I'm yet to have reach a point where I'm like, oh, I'm not worried anymore. Like <laughs> life is good. I still freak out every Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday when he goes out drinking, you, you know. And I'm like checking his WhatsApp to see if he's alive and been on online and. And he spends all day in bed over the weekend. And I'm like texting him, are you alive? Just can you give me one sign that you're alive? He's like, yes, I'm alive, mum. And I'm like, okay, good. I can relax now. So let's talk about mindfulness. Because mindfulness, in my opinion, has become a thing, right? It's become, I'm at risk of pissing people off here, but I'm going to say it's become a little bit trendy. And for me, it's, it's not about the trend. It's about what you do with it and how you implement it into your life. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how I, that's the way I feel. It's, it's everybody's become a mindfulness expert because it's a trendy thing to do, like coaching. It's a bit like coaching, right? You know, it's, you know, one of those things. What does that, how has that felt for you when you have such a passion for it? You know, what, what does this industry bring for you? There's layers to this. Like, ultimately, I don't really give a shit because I know that the way I do it is good. (laughs) So it's all right. But um, I think one of the things, right, this is, it comes back to this for me with the trending stuff. It's good that it's trending. Yeah, it's a little bit annoying because sometimes it's probably not done in quite the right way. Um, Well, it's not done in quite the right way, but uh, it's trending. So that's a good thing because if you look Mm -hmm. at any sort of um, toolkit or like the wheel of well-being that the NHS has um lots of organizations have lots of different uh toolkit strategies um you know things that explain what well-being means and mindfulness I would say about 85 90 percent of the time is always mentioned and there's a reason for that because it's magic and people think it's this woo-woo thing it's not it's brain training um and Mm -hmm. mindfulness is the term that it's been given but you could call it like other things but for me it was life-changing and it was life-changing for my mum who had suffered with depression and it's been life-changing for the people who've gone through my courses and it really can make a huge difference to your life and it's something that anybody and everybody can do obviously there's small caveats with that like the other day I was having a conversation about ADHD and meditation that ain't always easy I now know I have ADHD and really? the noise in my brain that's like doesn't go um mm-hmm. but I can still meditate because there's different ways of doing it so yeah. am I happy it's trending yes because that means that more people are getting help is it sometimes not done in quite the right way maybe but does it really matter I don't know I think it's good to be out there um and I think more people need to do it so for me it was life-changing and I want more people to experience that really absolutely and I think you touched on something that's really important and that is your mum having depression and helping her now obviously depression anxiety can be triggered by a chemical imbalance in the brain I'm not a scientist and I'm no expert but I do realise that there is a line that we as influencers, as people in this industry, as people who are working with people, potentially shouldn't cross. 
unless we are experienced and we have the correct training. I know my line now and I'm very good at saying, actually, this is not my area, but I can signpost you. Yeah. Where is that line? Where about, is that line? People don't do that. <laughs> right, because it, like, that could, it actually, it, it, like, it really concerns me that there are people that aren't trained giving you know giving advice to people who are mentally unwell yes um and that could be a trigger for them that you have no idea about mm. to them taking some action that is is detrimental to them let's yeah. just touch on that because that concerns me so just a, a quick thing I'm going to say about the rebel thing right um I use the word rebel not because it was always this big loud bolshy thing that I wanted to do it I used rebel because I wanted to go against the norm and that doesn't always have to be mm -hmm. loud and in your face and doing everything um it can sometimes be quiet it just means that you're going against the norm um mm -hmm. and I think a lot of these things are like big bullshit I can help you I can do this thing da, 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 da. and honestly recently Leona I, it's, I'm glad that you've talked about it because I've been saying it to my friends so much but I, I always struggle how to approach this myself because like I don't want to be a dick either you know um yeah but having done so much mental health training and understanding the importance of signposting and like I'm more, I'm like you I'll speak my mind I'll say what I want to say we'll say it the way we want to say it however I just have that thing in the back of my mind that people seem to not have when they're out there trying to dare I say it make money um mm -hmm. where they put a list of promises that you just can't keep and when you're talking about coaching well-being mindset mental health you can't make promises like I don't my stuff always says could can you know potential benefits things like that because mm -hmm. you can't make a promise and I think there's yeah. a lot of that promising out there I think people just need to take a moment to step back and go actually is this can I actually make this promise because it's not guaranteed and people don't have that signposting they don't do any sort of I mean, I think if you're going to start coaching someone or meditating, you need to understand a bit about their background. Like, have they been to the doctors mm -hmm. about anything? Have they got any pre-existing conditions? How are they feeling? Like, I think that it's important to ask those questions. And even in meditation, it really infuriates me when people say, um, you know, meditate like this and meditate like that and it'll feel like this and it'll feel like that. It's not. It's different for everyone. And just because you don't get on with sitting down in silence meditating doesn't mean you can't meditate. And I see mm -hmm. a lot of that. There's no right or wrong way. It's just the exercise of doing it that's the benefit. Um, and you have to take into consideration, I've had a lady on my course who is epileptic. She can't sit there and close her eyes. So therefore, I always put at the beginning of my meditations, you don't have to close your eyes. You can lie to a spot in front of you. It's just taking some consideration for different types of people and what they might be having to deal with and there's a lack of that there's a lack of safeguarding for people's mental mm -hmm. health when it comes to making money out of people's mental health <laughs> I mean really and it's and it's it's definitely why I explain at the start of all of my training I'm you know for 30 days that I just did I touched on health wealth and happiness but I am not I am not a happiness expert. I can I only talk from a place of experience. So this is what's worked for me. It could potentially work for you too. However, I am not an expert. I've done some training. I, I have NLP training. I have trauma training. I've done mental health, you know, first aid, but I still don't feel experienced enough to be able to help somebody through a situation that is completely out of my depth. So it's very, very important, I think, that we're pushing that message that mm -hmm. you've got to make sure that 
when you are working with somebody that they are experienced and they know their stuff and also if you feel uncomfortable you're prepared to walk away you're prepared yeah. to say no you're not you're prepared to kind of cut the ties because I see so many I'm, I'm sure you do too I see so many broken people from this industry you know this industry is a is a coaching mentoring kind of supportive industry that have been literally like scrunched up screwed up and kind of tossed around mm. and actually they come out worse than they went in it's like mm. it can be very very damaging and for me it's you look at their experience you look at what they've been able to do look at the people they've impacted you look at how they're you know holding themselves in their own lives um and that's really really important something that i want to ask you about is toxic positivity mm. what do you think about it okay can i say one thing about what you just said about i'm not a coach by the way i'm never ever i'm not a coach i'm a teacher no i'm just i'm not saying it to you Leon, i'm just saying it into the universe i like, am not a bit, coach either it out there. <laughs> really i'm like when they say Leona Burton coach i'm like i am not a coach do not put me in that bracket <laughs> and there's not let and let me let me say I've got some of my best friends that are amazing coaches because yeah. they honestly they are amazing coaches but people need to keep an eye out for the thing that gets me is that whole you say about oh I've had this experience and I can help you too if someone's saying that I've had this experience and I can help you too and that's the end of the the what they've got going on ask the questions my only concern mm -hmm. is that some people aren't in the right frame of mind to ask the questions they just see someone saying i'll help you with this and they'll fucking go in two feet first because they need the help so it's a hard one we're not going to come up with the answer today but i guess just talking about it we'll, we'll try <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> okay so positivity. yeah um it's one of these phrases that people like to chuck around so that the hashtag gets on their post and they get noticed i reckon sometimes because i am a positive person ever since mm -hmm. I was little I've been the loud jokey person that brings the positivity to the family gatherings and I'm gonna sing and dance and da -da -da. I just am a positive person goodness me mm -hmm. you know we've all grown up with different trials and tribulations but the way that my brain is wired is positive and I think toxic positivity is just the 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 belief that everything is positive all of the time. And obviously it isn't. Like, I am a positive person, but there's loads of negative shit going on. Do I dwell on it? No. But am I accepting of it? Yes. So I mm -hmm. think toxic positivity probably was a thing. I don't think it is anymore. I think everybody's done their learning about it. I think we can all stop banging on about it now. Everybody knows that nobody's positive all the time. Everything isn't all good. And nobody's trying to mask anything. We are all going through shit most of the time. But we choose to sometimes look at that with a silver lining. It's okay. No one's burying anything. I know things are shit, but do I choose to look at it in a different way? Maybe. It's not toxic. It's the way you deal with things and everyone's different. I love that. I love that. I think it's been... <laughs> no, I do. I love it. I do know what I think it's been a really interesting few years because I I I worked on myself that much that people are like, why are you so happy all the time? Like, I was like, because this is the only way I know how. Do you know what I mean? And it was genuinely yeah. just like, I, I only know this way. The one thing that I do struggle with for myself personally is affirmations. Like I have always felt super ridiculous looking in the mirror and kind of standing there. I am amazing. Like I just feel like a complete knob. So I've decided that affirmations just aren't for me. And people are like, just continue, Leona, you know, force yourself. And I'm like, 
I tried and it is not working. Like back away with your affirmations. They that's not for me. And I think that there are things that work for people and there are things that don't work for those people also. And it's leaning into what works for you and not forcing. It's almost like, you know, when you try and force meditation and you sit there <laughs> and you, hello, when we have brains the way we do, and it's like, duh, 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 duh. I have to do a guided meditation yes. for me to focus. Yeah. Like you put on some like chanty, like, I'm, I'm thinking about what we need for dinner, what new thing I can launch, <laughs> like I'm all over the place. What would you say to those people that are like, I just can't get into journaling. I just can't get into so-and-so, so-and-so. That's all right. There's going to be something. And I think, of course, give it a try. Like, you know, whenever we're doing something right. new, whenever we're going through change, that's always hard. I've promised myself I'm going to start exercising a bit more this year. Do I really want to? Not really, but I'm really going to try. But when you start making that new habit, you know, there is that bit of resistance. So, of course, like you tried, you tried the affirmations. You didn't just give up straight away. However, no. you do know in your heart of hearts if something ain't for you. Um, the thing I would say about like meditation, for example, is there's so many different ways to meditate there's so many different ways to practice mindfulness um that's why I truly believe anyone can do it in some way um and when we talk about mindfulness you can do that in your everyday life so when you're out having a walk I have this little book that I read to Jackson before bedtime every night and it says we listen to the birds we listen to a lawnmower we smell the flowers like that's mindfulness just just bringing yourself mm -hmm. purely to the moment and paying attention same with meditation it could be a walking meditation going to the gym for people is mindfulness, is meditation, um, especially people that do have active brains, maybe they're neurodivergent, like there's different ways to meditate. So yeah, you know, it's and not spin, one size fits all. Spin for me, especially in America, don't ask me why, but especially in America, spin for me is mindfulness, like getting in there, yeah. it's dark, there's like some banging music, I am focused, I am like a badass in that room. And you, you know, I'm I've been pretty unfit since like for a long time since I stopped being at college doing musical theatre for me exercise is mundane it's just boring it's not something I want to do but spin for me just gets me into a really good place I'm yeah. prioritizing that and people are like you must be nuts and I'm like no I feel fucking awesome <laughs> in this moment like I feel like I could take on the world and I started doing two classes a day and I was like you have you oh. lost your damn mind and I'm like no I literally I literally love it like I it was almost like an obsession to work on that part for me it wasn't about the physical really it was more about the adrenaline and being in yeah. the room and just that focus on myself and that for me absolutely is definitely mindfulness it's just those little things yeah, and I think that comes back as well to another thing I talk about. Oh, so let me just say about mindfulness. So practicing mindfulness, I talk about brain training. Like when you're mm -hmm. in that situation and your mind wonders, but then you bring yourself back. Because even when you're spinning, like you probably just still went like, oh, I need to get the chips later, or, you know, whatever it was. Like, really? But then you come back to the moment. Like you're exercising the muscle, like your brain is a muscle, it's fatty tissue. Um, you can create new pathways, you can exercise your prefrontal cortex, is what mindfulness is. And that's the thing that helps regulate your emotions and stuff like that. And it helps you to, to bring yourself back to the moment. So just a note to the science of it, like the science of it is amazing. There's so much more information out there now. Brain scans showing how it works and stuff like that. So when you're in those moments, you feel like you're not meditating, but you are practicing mindfulness and you are exercising the brain in a certain way. Um, so that's why it's so amazing. Um, and you talk there about how much you enjoyed it like another thing because <clears throat> I've been building a toolkit over the last uh, 12 months it's going to be called the mental health rebellion toolkit obviously um 
<laughs> with mindfulness is at the core. Um, but one of the things on there is joy, is joy. Like there is just a, a, an area that is just about joy, whether that's fun, learning, hobbies, but whatever that is, it could be small things, it could be a big thing, but joy is so good for our mental health and well-being, and we forget to enjoy ourselves a lot of time, especially as adults, as parents, as business owners, um, we sometimes forget to be silly or follow the joy and just have a good you know, laugh, and, and I think that's really important to remember as well. So you touched on the fact you've obviously been diagnosed quite recently with ADHD, which is bizarre because actually I think you're the third or fourth of my like friends that have been diagnosed in the last year and they're all like amazing entrepreneurs they're all like kick-ass badass amazing entrepreneurs and I I get it like my brain is 500 miles an hour I talked to my husband and my husband's he is autistic so he's very systematic everything is like you know here and here here I'm like should we do that should we do this should we do that what about that blah, 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 blah. and he's like he's polar opposite which makes for an interesting relationship but I feel like I it has got worse since I've become more involved in social media mm. I think that the like the, the pings and the noise and the fastness has made me even like yeah. more and putting this away like just shutting my laptop just being more in the moment has enabled my brain to slow down just a fraction has it helped you (laughs) yeah you know what um technology like our cave person brain wasn't made for the situation that we're in right now um And it's hard. And then it's maybe doubly hard, I think, if you've got ADHD. Well, just from my experience, because when you're talking about dopamine or lack of dopamine and things that trigger that, you know, now looking back at my life and seeing how I probably was chasing that a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, I think that technology has a lot to answer for, but it's not going anywhere. If anything, it's getting more you know, into our lives? Is it going to even take us out of the real world even more? So I think now for us and for our children, we have to start being strict with our boundaries. And it's hard. It's hard for me. I'm sitting here on my own of an evening. Do I put my phone down very often? Not really. Um, Do I constantly pause the telly when I'm trying to watch something? Well, I do that anyway, but uh, because I'm constantly picking up my phone because the pings go off and and it's that thing and it just takes your attention Mm -hmm. so easily. So I think I think that we just have to start setting strict boundaries and it's hard. You know, my, my toddler sometimes looks at the iPad, he gets maximum time limit and then that's it because I notice the difference in him. I notice mm-hmm. the difference in him, um, but it's not going anywhere. He's three years old now. What's he going to have when he's older? Like, it ain't going He'd probably be walking <laughs> around in some sort of different universe, quite frankly. <laughs> like, the metaverse is going to take over. We won't have real anything. It would just be an alternate world but But you're right putting your phone away getting out in nature sounds hippy dippy shit it's not like put the phone away get outside breathe the fresh air be connected to the stuff that we're supposed to be connected to um I was trying to get my boyfriend to hug a tree the other day categorically wouldn't but I did feels nice my (laughs) husband would be like what the fuck are you doing seriously (laughs) but I have to say like I'm always barefoot always like I cannot stand shoes and that for me I never realised until a couple of years ago, that's just like me connecting with my 
you know, with earth, with like real. And I love, I literally love to be barefoot or in flip-flops. And it's really, really strange because I actually feel contained as a human if I have closed toe shoes on. Like, I feel like my energy is contained. I feel suffocated in my being. Um, and everyone thinks I'm nuts, but I'm like, look, But isn't that nice to know that about yourself? Like, I think self-awareness, uh, you know, is really powerful. And just knowing that about yourself and noticing that thing and now going, well, this is how I'm going to deal with it. And it makes me feel better. And why the fuck not? It's your toes. <laughs> exactly. My toes, they always look good. It's fine. We're manicured and pedicured. We're good to go. Okay, so Amy, before we close today, how do you think the world would be a different place if we all adopted mindfulness into our lives? <laughs> I think <clears throat> we would have, and, and this is talking a little bit from my experience as well, we would have less conflict, we would have less arguments, and we would have more kindness because one of the big side effects of practicing mindfulness is that awareness and acceptance of being human and Dr David Hamilton was on my podcast and he talks about kindness and if you haven't looked him up you have to because he talks about the science behind woo woo it's amazing but I think kindness and compassion is sometimes hard to come by when life is tough we all say be kind but you know sometimes things are too much and the thing with mindfulness is it means awareness. It's not something new. We can all do it. Everybody has awareness. It's just about where that awareness is going. And when you start to practice that and you cultivate a sense of awareness and you're consciously aware and you know how to do that better, you become more self-aware. And as you become more self-aware, you become better aware of others' thoughts, feelings and emotions as well as your own. Mm -hmm. And then you can communicate better and then you can be kinder. And now I'm at a point in my life where... Every relationship in my life, I can actually confidently say, I've been triggered by something. This is what's going on. Might be able to just leave it because I know tomorrow it'll be gone. Or I might want to address it. And now I can address it in a way where I can go, just give me a second. My brain goes at a million miles an hour. Just let me get my, my thoughts straight. I need to talk to you about something. And then I can have a mm -hmm. conversation. And I don't lose my shit. But all the mums that come on my course are like, mindfulness is amazing. I've not been losing my shit so much. And I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. So I think it would just help people to feel more in control, like that they understand their brain and how it works and be mm. kinder to themselves and others. Like, it is fucking amazing. <laughs> it is. And do you know what? I've noticed a drastic difference in my own behaviour and my own tolerance of other humans. Now, it doesn't mean that people don't trigger me. It doesn't mean that I don't get annoyed. It just means that I'm able to deal with things more effectively. Yeah. And I'm able to be more aware of when I'm being treated badly as well. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I feel like my eyes are wide open or more wide open than they were. And, you know, if something comes along, I'm able to, I'm able just to deal with it a little bit more pragmatically instead of being like, fuck you and blah, blah, and blah, how I yeah. would have reacted before. And actually it's enabled me to then get back up on my feet faster mm. than if I'd have been super triggered for a long time and, you know super annoyed and one of my, one of my mibs she messaged me and she was like you know you know Leona how do you cope with all these bastards and this that and the other like I, I'm, I've had enough and I was just like do you know what it's not that they don't trigger me I'm just able to find myself again in that moment much faster than I was before 
and she was like that's what I need to do and you know just in that moment of like yes I'm annoyed okay what am I going to do am I going to allow myself to be consumed by frustration or am I just going to kind of deal with it and pragmatically move forward have a conversation or am I just you know I'm yeah and I always say about mindfulness helps us to create that gap it creates that space between the reaction that your brain does automatically. It'll never change. Your brain's quick. You have that reaction, but it's about creating that little gap where you actually go, okay, what's reality? What do I actually want to do? How do I want to spend my time? How do I want to approach this? And do you know what? A lot of internet trolls would do good to practice a bit of mindfulness. So they have that gap before they get on the keyboard. <laughs> Maybe we should send them your link. <laughs> maybe that's the way forward okay so if there was any community or person or anything anybody that you could help with mindfulness in this moment who would it be small business owners and entrepreneurs because there's a distinct lack of support um if coming from an organization where I wrote the well-being strategy and having the time to be able to do that and provide that it made me very aware of all of the people around me because I have a network of good friends that are business owners and entrepreneurs that they've got nothing pretty much who's creating their mental health and well-being strategy who is giving them the time and space to look after their mental health they've got marketers they've got accountants they've got you know PR they've got Mm -hmm. um social media who's actually helping them to do that um so that's who it is that's where my focus is for this year um and that's why i I want to create the mastermind because i think we need a network of people that understand each other and can take the time for their mental health and well-being and that not be a weird thing like your business will thrive if you thrive that's that's 100 there is i talk about the correlation between your life and your business all the time there is crossover there is always if you're having a shitty time in your business you're going to feel it in your life if you're having a shitty time in your personal life you're going to feel it in your business fact it doesn't matter how good you are at separating out the two that 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 thought those thoughts those frustrations in your mind are not going away when you come through the door at night time and you greet your children and you've had a bad day you can't tell me that you're they're not feeling that you you can't mask that there's no suppressing it there's no like shoving it down and kind of pretending it's not there it's real and people don't talk about that enough and people don't talk about the struggles that you face in business enough because we all face them they happen to the best of us so it's it's just identifying that that is normal and you are perfectly normal to feel frustrated you're perfectly you know normal to hate the tax man you you know all (laughs) of i'm sorry i know you're an accountant but we i'm not anymore it's fine (laughs) we don't like the tax man or the vat man he's even worse like he really sucks um so those things are really really important where can people find you amy like real off the places because everybody needs to know about you so instagram's where i spend most of my time because i love it um so i'm at this is amy polly uh my facebook page is amy polly the mindfulness rebel and my website is amypolly.com there you go amy it's been a pleasure as always do go check out the mindfulness rebel she is a rebel at heart she's an amazing mum, an amazing woman, an amazing spokesperson for people all around the world. And we have the pleasure of spending the next year talking about you, so which I'm very excited about. Thank you so much for joining me today, Amy Polly, <laughs> ladies and gents. Bye. 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 Bye.